Our great television uh, travel expert is what we like to call Jonathan. He is coming to us from KHNL in Honolulu. Hey, Jonathan, how's your Friday going? Happy Aloha Friday to you, and thank you for that awesome introduction. As always, I appreciate it. Mahalo. All right, let's uh, jump in here because Jonathan basically does this segment, uh, and he talks about all tips, tricks, news that you need to know about uh, traveling across the country and across the world. Jonathan is your guy that you want to be in touch with when it comes to the latest on traveling news. Air taxis, Jonathan, they're, they're in the news right now. What's going on with that? Air taxis. Yeah. Yeah, air taxi. It's sort of a new concept, and I have some images to show you. This is really cool. So, really, the days of really zipping around and flying cars, Jetson style, we're still a ways off from that. But this might not be too far off. And listen to this. United Airlines even thinks so. They're really making a bet on this. A $10 million bet? Yeah, about basically flying cars here. The carrier has put down a deposit for uh, for these sort of passenger flying taxis. It's for these models. They're from Archer Aviation. It's a San Francisco-based startup company. Uh, to be clear, we got to be really clear here, the FAA has not yet approved these vehicles to begin ferrying passengers, but the down payment really is a sign that United is saying this technology could work for us. Uh, American Airlines has also put down $25 million for a separate electric aircraft here in Hawaii, a couple airlines are actually getting on board and investing in this electric technology, thinking it could be the way of the future to sort of for island travel. Um, they're even calling them more of gliders. They'll fly really low. These aren't going to fly high like uh, commercial aircrafts. These fly much lower to the ground. So the idea and the vision is for these aircrafts. Uh, they'll transport customers by, from the cities into the hub airports, so or from smaller airports, or even smaller private runways, basically, um, to the bigger hubs, just to ease that traffic burden that so many cities see from the suburbs or, you know, that congestion that we are all very familiar with. The cool thing is, is these are electric, so airlines also citing another great reason for them is to cut down on that also very important carbon footprint which air commercial aircrafts are actually responsible for a lot of a lot of greenhouse gases going into our environment uh really cool stuff there i you know i mean it kind of to me uh, when i was thinking air taxi i was kind of thinking to myself like are we going to literally see um like a drone looking thing but this kind of looks uh, a little bit more like a like an aircraft like an airplane that you might fly on more traditionally it's just a different design so uh, I was thinking to myself at first, I don't know about air taxis immediately safety-wise, but that kind of looks more like a traditional airplane. Yeah, so I wanted you to notice this. And then again, this is still like concept sort of renderings here. So and I'm going to go off the fly here. But yeah, you're right. They do look sort of like a smaller personal aircraft. They're not going to hold too many people. But if you also look, uh, check out those propellers here in this picture. And then I'm going to go to this picture. Uh, definitely different type of propeller sites, even on this aircraft's renderings that they provided to us. And I'm wondering, since those propeller propellers are on top of the aircraft there, I'm assuming this is almost going to be Osprey or Osprey aircraft style to where they can go uh, forward and up and down. So that's going to make it very, uh, very 
helpful for city flying, right? You want to be able to go up and down and over really you, quickly. You get uh, you get a little bit of an airplane and helicopter not, not experience all in one. Ways. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's see here. Uh, we our next our next deal oh, is. You might have lost uh-oh. there. Let's see. Can yeah, I got you. Okay. Okay. Good stuff. All right. Uh, so the yep, the blame game is yep. on now regarding the summer travel pro- problems that we've been seeing, uh, Jonathan. We've been covering this literally since we've started this segment. Uh, pointing the fingers. What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. It. It really. It depends on who you ask. Is it the airlines' fault, or is it the FAA's fault? Well, yeah, like I said, depends on who you ask. And CNN's Pete Montine talked to some airline CEOs. He's also got sound in here from the transportation secretary in this report he just filed. I'm going to play it out for you, and we'll talk about it. Another week of air travel pain across the country is turning up the pressure on airlines to perform with the Labor Day rush fast approaching. This past Monday alone, more than 1,400 flights were canceled nationwide, the fourth highest of the summer. Both Southwest and American Airlines delayed more than 40% of all their flights. Our flight was canceled yesterday. yesterday. Now we're back again today. It was canceled this morning, and now we're back again. United Airlines CEO Scott Kirby says hiring here at its training center in Denver has made its pandemic recovery quicker than others. Since the start of this year, United has hired 1,500 new pilots in hopes of alleviating staffing shortages and canceled flights. In total, U.S. airlines have canceled more than 44,000 flights since June. All airlines are not created equal. In an exclusive interview, Kirby puts some of the blame back on the federal government. Last week, the Federal Aviation Administration said a shortage of air traffic controllers delayed flights into Newark, JFK, and LaGuardia by up to two hours. Frankly, the bigger challenges are not the airlines themselves. They're all the support infrastructure around aviation that hasn't caught up as quickly. Let me push back on that just a tiny bit because United has had 5,000 cancellations this summer. What do you say to somebody who does see this as an airline issue rather than some other cause? Well, first I would say we're doing everything we can to get the airline running reliable. We know that's the most important thing for a customer. It's our number one priority. We had ground stops for the entire day. Um, And when the FAA says you can't land airplanes at the airport, you're going to have delays and cancellations. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg insists air traffic control issues do not account for many cancellations this summer. In a letter to airline executives, Buttigieg says the level of disruption Americans have experienced this summer is unacceptable and is telling airlines to review their customer service commitments to passengers. I'm calling on the airlines to step up their game uh, before we have to do even more. For United, that starts with training that focuses on quality, something I got to try in a Boeing 737 simulator. Nice. I feel like that was a little hard. No, that was good. (laughs) Our growth plan, the most aggressive growth plan of any airline in the history of aviation is really the driver behind the need for our pilots. Yeah, that pilot shortage is certainly a contributing factor to some of the backlogs and problems we saw with staffing dealing with the airlines. That was Pete Munsing from CNN reporting there. Uh, Yeah, you're right. We've been talking about this a long time. The problem's still getting a little better from what reports I've been seeing, but they're still out there, especially when you add in weather. 
uh, staffing still an issue, getting those pilots trained up. Uh, I think we talked about it before. Really, there was already, we were on the verge of a pilot shortage even before the pandemic, and then the pandemic happened, and there wasn't a lot of training facilities open and training programs, so that only led to that. It also led to more pilots retiring, uh, so that's why we're in this crucial need right now for more pilots, yes. And then also... Speaking of the Transportation Secretary and the Department of Transportation, just a reminder, starting next month around Labor Day, they say they're launching this new website that's going to lay out for customers and passengers really clearly, airline by airline, what you are owed, what your passenger rights are. If your flight is canceled due to the airline, what the airline owes you, is it credits, is it cash? Because, again, we've talked about it. Those really vary airline to airline. I was uh, so fortunate to because we just took a trip to Colorado ourselves and, and we were on a direct flight. So luckily we didn't have any connections or really any trouble. But I know some of our group that uh, flew out from the East Coast, they had some connections and they were delayed hours as it was and, uh, and everything too. So I definitely know that those troubles do continue. And I'm sure, I'm sure you have a lot of friends and you, you, I, you've done a lot of traveling here recently too. Where I'm sure you've had some troubles. Yeah, I always say best best travel advice I could ever give, and I love this advice, expect problems, be happy if there's not. It's that simple. Expect, uh, expect the worst, but hope for the best. All right. Uh, so maybe some TSA agents uh, <laughs> were kind of living by the same mantra here. I hear there was a very interesting uh, TSA visitor, or at a, a visitor, I should say, at a TSA checkpoint recently, Jonathan. Yeah, I just got to get right to the images. Yeah, I just got to get right to the images on this one because it's super cool. Yep, the, check it out. This stunning wing traveler turned heads in North Carolina. Yep, this is at North Carolina Airport at this security checkpoint. His name's Clark. It's a 19-year-old bald eagle. It traveled through Charlotte's international airport on monday the tsa said it's really a majestic bird here yeah it was had to go through the metal detector and everything but it really caught the attention of a lot of people i saw several social media posts this one's actually from the tsa's uh social media itself but i saw other posts out there of more videos and stuff i just didn't have permission to show it but clark weighs about seven and a half pounds and a wingspan of over six feet Yes. So in case you're wondering what he was doing, he actually travels almost every year to go to a university. And that university is, I thought I wrote it. Okay. It's High Point University. And for their introduction ceremony for incoming freshmen, I'm assuming an eagle is their mascot. They actually fly him over there to be a part of their introduction ceremony for that university. So keep in mind, uh, I know most of us aren't traveling with bald eagles, but... Airlines have all sorts of different rules with flying with pets. They do make exceptions for certain animal organizations, but always check the airlines if you're planning to travel with pets. So I'm assuming since uh, the Eagle was going through a TSA checkpoint, that meant that he was more of a passenger instead of being in the cargo area. That's kind of what it looked like. Yeah, Yeah, I, I... Oh, you know what? I would assume that it didn't say in the script I read. I saw this story in USA Today, but I would assume he, if he went through the yeah the the screener, he was yeah. yeah Clark was a passenger, which had to be fascinating. And they said they've been doing this for years, so it's very 
he's down. He's got the routine down. So. All right. Man, sitting next to Clark the Eagle there uh, on my next flight, that would be interesting. Right? Okay. All right, so speaking of animals then, uh, Jonathan, a lot of people uh, fly with their pets here. And so do you have any travel tips related to getting your fur uh, babies or other miscellaneous pets safely from point A to point B? Yes, and I have Yes, and I have firsthand experience of this because one time, this was only about three years ago, my dear friend Jasmine was moving back to the islands from Michigan. She'd been living with her parents for a while, and she had <coughs> adopted two cats while she was in Michigan. So she begged me to fly to the Detroit area and meet her, and we're also going to drive across country with two cats. Is what we did. Drove across country with two cats because she had to drop her car off in Long Beach, have it shipped here. Long story short, yeah, flew with two cats, two soft carriers, and uh, once we got to the airport, made it through security with a little bit of, not a lot of trouble, just some meowing and some upset kitties. Uh, once we got on the plane, as soon as we sat down, the person sitting next to us is like, I'm allergic to cats. You guys are going to have to move. And it, like after all the stress of that, was no fun. And eventually, the flight attendant helped us out in that situation and got the, the person, the other passenger, a nice new seat. I think they even bumped them up. Uh, not the first class, but business. But I got some other tips for you. Book early. Like I said, most airlines allow only one or two pets on each flight. So it's important to book your dog's ticket as soon as possible. Yeah, and don't buy the ticket until you call that airline. Really scope out their rules and make sure if you're flying it within the plane, like in the cabin, just read the rules carefully. Yeah, because that availability also with booking early, like I said, it's going to go fast for both the seats. Same goes for under the plane, too. They usually only do a limited number of pets on the plane. Also, you said you just flew direct. That's the way to go when you're flying with pets if you can because it's no fun to have to get off the plane, find your pet, or take it off the plane and or dealing, poor pet, having to deal with it being transferred if it is flying in the cargo hold, hold, that's no fun either. So look for those direct flights whenever possible. Also keep in mind that in the summer, it's best to fly if you are putting that pet in the cargo, uh, to fly in the evening or early morning because the temperatures can get really, really hot on those tarmacs for those planes and for those pets, and that's no fun because they're in there by themselves probably under a lot of stress. You also want to make sure you've checked with your vet to make sure your pet is up with all its vaccinations and all its shots and things like that. And there are any certificates that you may need to do. Do that 10 days before departure, especially if you're traveling outside the continental U.S. We have strict restrictions here in Hawaii when you're flying in a pet. So make sure you follow all the rules that you need to when you're flying into a destination, especially if you're flying outside the United States, the continental United States reason why it's so strict here in Hawaii is because we don't have rabies here and we're trying to prevent that from happening. Um, also, you're going to have to buy a carrier regardless if your dog is a Great Dane or a Chihuahua. You're going to have to get a carrier. There's all shapes and sizes. You know that. But uh has to be a hard carrier if you're going to put that pet in the cargo hold. The pet has to be able to stand, turn around, and lay down. It has to be the size of that. If not, I've heard this happen to people. The carrier was a little bit too small, and the uh, dog couldn't turn around. 
the airline refused them to get on. They wouldn't even let them on the plane. If you're bringing them on the cabin, make sure you bring a soft carrier that can fit under the seat. And there's all so many options out there for that as well. Uh, the other thing I would say is just make sure you have the right identification for your pet, right? You want to make sure you have a dog tag uh, or a cat tag. You also want to make sure you, your cat or dog or other pet, maybe an eagle, is microchipped. That's always a good idea. Some people are even tattooing their pets these days with uh, contact information. Also very important on that uh, carrier carrier that you are buying make sure you put all your id information on the carrier right in magic marker put it on there put a label put who this dog is who it belongs to address phone number all that stuff and lastly a lot of people this is controversial uh, a lot of people like to sedate their pets when flying and they usually do that with their own dosing mechanisms and that's a really bad idea, especially if you're thinking of giving that pet human medications, because that can cause all sorts of problems from respiratory to heart problems. If you do feel your pet has a lot of anxiety and stress, you really need to talk to that vet to get the proper dosage and animal medication. Don't give your pet human medication. I've heard so many people saying, oh, I just give them a couple Benadryls and it works. Uh, people even go as far as giving their pets Valium. Terrible terrible idea just work with your vet if you need to do it and get a calming medication that route so that's the tips i got there and i think most of the tips i have for the day so like i said it's really not so fun to travel with pets i had some experience uh it's also you always have to deal with the the noise they can make if you're bringing them on the cabin right that's going to be very annoying to fellow passengers so yeah it, but you got to do it we love our pets i love my pets you got to do it when you got to do it, and it's probably not going to be fun, but there is a lot of good tips out there if you search around to help you unravel your travel that way. All right, Jonathan Soppy with Unraveling Your Traveling. I will say, you know, uh, just going through, uh, right now, uh, we're, my son's coming up on two years old, so most airlines, you don't have to buy a ticket for uh, a child under two years old uh, right just this second, but uh, I was just thinking to myself, do do your pets because you said you have to buy a, a ticket for your pet do you do you have to buy like a full price ticket for your pet oh so that's if you want a seat for the carrier right you can also uh i think it also varies from airline to airlines i think uh alaska airline has a really good uh lenient pet policy where I think it's Alaska Airlines, where you don't actually have to buy a ticket for the pet, but some do, even if it doesn't take the physical seat and you're putting it under the seat. It very, it just goes to show you, like, and like what we've been talking about and what the transportation secretary is talking about, the airline regulations on so many things are not uniform, from refunds to giving passenger credits to pet policies. We don't have federal regulations on those type of things. They're airline policies. And a lot of times, airlines are looking for ways to make money off of these pet policies, right? So it's just going to vary airline to airline. Just check it out. Call. Read the rules. I cannot even say enough. Call because reading the rules is also pretty complicated. They're very long. And you just want to make sure you have crossed all your T's and dotted all your I's to make sure your furry friend makes it. All right. So once again, you are watching Unraveling Your Traveling with Jonathan Sapi. Jonathan, 
is one of our uh, best friends here on Local News Live, coming to us from uh, KHNL out of Honolulu, Hawaii, on our Aloha Friday. And uh, Jonathan, we hope you have the best weekend, and uh, we'll see you soon for the next episode.